Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open loops. Fall, winter, spring, and your conscious mind is ready for summer. But what's the fifth season? That's your unconscious mind is now tuned in to its favorite late night talk show for the shamelessly fringe. It's Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Conversations that bend. Band indeed. Hello, everybody. Greg Bornstein here. Chief Looper, consciousness disruptor, cultural hypnotist, and curator of your auditory experience. Welcome to Open Loops. Yes, I'm your host and... I am excited to uh, do some challenging of your existing belief systems by sharing radically unique ideas to stimulate your unconscious mind and allow you to step into the highest version of yourself. That's what we do. We don't talk about what's normal. We talk about the paranormal. Magic, hypnosis, time travel, the unexplained, the mysterious, the esoteric, the taboo, the downright metaphysical, weird, strange, out there, fringe, whatever you want to call it. If it's more interesting than what you talk about with your parents at dinner, it's probably talked about on this show. Yes, we, uh, we don't like dealing with the realms of the normal, though sometimes we... We have to use the normal as a reference point in order to bend, in order to shape new realities. I mean, even at a certain point, though, I... At the beginning, I felt very strongly about bringing these radically new perspectives. I felt very strongly about bringing alternative viewpoints. And I still do. What's the goal? Entertaining my way towards enlightenment, interesting myself in a way that might interest you, my intellectual pursuits, my my desires to understand more about the world around us. That's what this show is about. That's what it was about. Things felt different. Things felt strange for me. Things never really lined up, and then at a certain point I realized, oh, there's a whole bunch of people that don't fit into the mainstream that have pretty interesting points, 
and it's worth exploring. Now, does that mean this show is going to continue being that for you? I'm not sure. Honestly, the more I've decided to question my beliefs, and in turn question your beliefs, I'm starting to turn the question around and go, do I, do things need to be this radical? What about the days when I was interviewing my high school prom date, or or my high school drama teacher, or I was just in high school, and I was young and innocent and free of adult burdens like taxes and uh, learning who my extended family really is and all those other things. The youth. I miss my youth. Some of you had terrible childhood. Some of you had terrible high school years. I had a radically innocent time. And sometimes I miss it. It was more scientific. It was more atheist. I questioned these people, and now these people are my guests. Am I nostalgic for it? Sometimes. Am I nostalgic for everything, all the time? And yet, as I talk through this loop with you, I realize, eh, it's just a thought. It's just a thought loop. Disregard. I, I love exploring these beliefs. I love having all perspectives. See, sometimes talking it out is the answer. Does that mean I want you to be on the end of my therapy? Well, have you seen what a stand-up comedian does? Yes, you're listening. You're listening to the spirals of Greg Bornstein, a madman, perhaps? Or distinguished podcaster? I was going to say, maybe I'm an odd caster, uh, but somebody came up with odd cast. Ugh, originality. And then I spiraled down the artistic journey, wanted to be an original. It's so interesting what our thought loops do, right? What's also interesting is that even when you can be a student of so many different disciplines and modalities, like my guest, Jojo, Michael Lazik. Uh, and she was very well trained. I mean, Tony Robbins and and neurolinguistic programming and in and various different uh, healing modalities, energy work. She still felt anxiety. She still didn't feel fully grounded. She still hadn't overcome all her traumas from from her youthful days. And then she had a Kundalini awakening. She did some rapid transformational therapy. And really, I think it's that connection with the non-dual that allowed her to have her most productive last year ever, as well as write her book, Ascension Diary, which we talk about on this show. Uh, she she is an experiential healer. Whenever I hear that word experiential, it's ding, ding, ding. So I, I definitely had to have her on. And I met her, another person I met. At an Alan Steinfeld of New Realities, his uh, his book launch, met her very briefly, but but uh, her her energy left an impression. I knew okay, this is someone I could have a good conversation with, and I really think I did, even despite me uh, questioning the 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 basis of this entire podcast. Um, you know, I, I have to tell you that there's never too much you can learn about divine designing your life 
And JoJo has figured out a way to bring different disciplines together and fit them all within this vision of us as all and being a creator that looks at life from a place of play. Creating should come from play. It should come from feeling playfulness of it all. And how interesting, you know, there's so much about uh, God and and Christ consciousness and ascending to this higher realm. And oftentimes these messages lose the play, I feel, the lightness, the, you know, that, that what you used to do in summer camp with your friends out, you know, that, that was the fun stuff. Playing Capture the Flag, a good game of Capture the Flag, should feel as fun. Well, or at least your work should feel as fun as that. Your day-to-day should feel as fun as that. And let me tell you, I wasn't great at Capture the Flag, but I was great at goofing off around the side. And, uh, hey, I'm keeping that goofiness with you. Gorge, gorge. Yes. Um. No, I, I, I really, I really mean it. I, I think JoJo's message is nice. It doesn't. Uh, it's a contrasting view to Kimberly Meredith from last week, who, uh, you know, it really there, there was weight in a way to the power of the healing because it was so charged and divine and and medical intuition. And then JoJo, on the other hand, it's like, hey. Uh, roll around in the sand, and then you'll probably enjoy your life more and build the business you love and the life you love. Eh, kind of fun. Uh, so, really enjoyed having her on. Very interesting perspective. Jojo Michael Lasik is coming on now to teach you the philosophy of divine design. Jojo Michael Lazik is here today on Nailed Open Loops. It. Yes, I got it. I got it. She is a experiential healer, licensed therapist, a rapid transformational therapist, uh, studied in various healing modalities, a lot of energy work, uh, also has uh, a, a, we were talking about this show before the show uh, about her, her psychic lineage, which we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is now the author of Ascension diary love letters to god and you we're going to get into all of this and perhaps even uh understand more of ourselves in this episode which which Mm -hmm. i'm always on the search for i feel like you have interesting wisdom from the spiritual perspective to offer so uh jojo thanks so much for coming on the show thank you for having me greg Yes. Do you, you know, let me ask you something right off the bat. He, and, and this is not something I've really asked people um, this, hmm, this quickly in an interview, but it's something I've been personally thinking about for myself. And even in the context of doing this show, which is, you know, you wrote this book, you've trained in many different modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do want to hear the story. I'm sure that your story might even relate to this, but um, do you think you're living out a mission? And if so, could you put that mission, that, that message that you want to tell others into words at this point? For sure. 
my my mission is to help the collective awaken to the truth of who they are as divine beings infinitely whole their sovereignty their oneness as energetic beings radiating a certain vibration at a certain frequency yeah and that's empowering when we recognize or actually remember who we are. Wow. So I'm like the de-hypnotist. Yeah. I de-hypnotize all the programming and all the indoctrination and all the crap that has been layered on decade after decade. And I try to reveal the truth of our essence. That's very interesting. And, and, you know, I, I, uh, I mean, I've always wondered about, you know, the, this notion of, uh, what is, I suppose when, when you, when you go to acting school, I, there is a debate that goes on among us acting students. And this is, this is something that I talked about with my fellow <laughs> trainees all the time, uh, which is that, you know, is it. Is talent something you build? Do you learn the techniques and then you get access to talent? Or is talent something that everybody has at their core and you mm -hmm. can strip her away? So when you talk about essence, um, and again, I've been fascinated by this concept recently about like become your, your divine gifts, discovering who you are, this essence, this perhaps mm -hmm. some might even say genius. Um, is that what you're talking about, or how would you how would you define how would you define uh, where you're able to to help people wake up into, or what you're able to help them wake up into? Yes, to start at a most basic example, when we're born, babies have no hesitancy to demand what they need. Right, we cry. We're open and exposed, but we don't feel vulnerable. We don't feel judged. So we express ourselves in our fullest expression. Hold me, feed me, love me right now. And that's just, we're entitled to that. What happens is we start to learn or the ego starts to learn. Expressing yourself this way might cause rejection. Asking for this might create an anxious feeling or fear or abandonment or, or judgment. And, and all these things we're learning starts to dim that essence, that potential of who we are in our fuller, fullest um, expression, highest, highest self, mm -hmm. right? And Yes, as babies, we're, we're, we don't have the intellect yet, but we're highly intuitive and we're, we're aware of energy. So from the womb, and some will even say since past lives, everything we've ever heard, seen, felt, smelled, experienced is recorded in these files in the server, which is our subconscious. And depending on how those files are projected through the ego, the projector, 
will determine how we start to function and perform and act on this stage called life. Yeah. What if we strip away those layers, though, of fear, of ego, of rejection, anxiety, grief? We're back to fulfillment. We just need what nature needs, water, nutrition, air, right? And, and nature takes right. care of itself. So at our essence, we are fulfilled. There is no lack mindset. We are abundant. And we move through the world in that abundant way. So, so that is our fullest expression. That is the highest self, where we're connected to divine cord always and always. So we're creative we're brilliant, we're imaginative, and we share that authentically with the world because we're not concerned on how it's going to be looked at or judged or rejected. Hey, do you enjoy this podcast? Make sure you go on YouTube and look up Open Loops Podcast so you can see the visuals. And if you enjoy the show, we want to get this kind of content out there. So, all I ask is go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash open loops to rate the show and leave a couple words how much you enjoy it. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash open loops. It helps with the algorithms. It helps get this kind of consciousness expanding content so we can bend the minds of the masses. I thank you very much for listening. Here's JoJo. Yeah. Does that answer kind of? No, no, no. It, yeah, no, it, it definitely does. It does. I mean, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it makes me, um, it sometimes makes me wonder about, this kind of gets a little philosophical, but about, you know, uh, is even, hmm. <laughs> so we, so we did eventually evolve. We did eventually come up with language and 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 businesses and and these constructions and you could even argue that um you know to go from cave paintings to uh one day you know looking at something and saying oh this is a canvas and then these are things that I can apply to this canvas is is a version of evolution and then we get to then we get to uh more traditional arts portraits and then even as we move past oil paintings and all that stuff we get into digital art then at a certain point the technology evolves the world evolves and sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm going yeah but you know I how does how does this pure essence actually hmm the pure essence feels like it could be so beautiful and so simple and yet at some point the world became more complex and i wonder like does everybody just want to eat and have sex with each other and 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 smile and laugh and why do we, why do we even need these museums and why do we even service <laughs> right Right, right. Why do why do we need all these different things? Um, you know, are are the things that have been created in this world are they a genuine reflection of the human spirit or is the fact that I'm even talking to you 
through the internet right now, something that shouldn't have ever happened because we should just be out in the field somewhere. I mean, how do you reconcile? Well, there's no, there's no should or should, should or shouldn't, right? There's mm, no, there's no fair. labels or judgment. It's just, it is what it is right now. This is our awareness. This is our reality that we're experiencing. And if you want to question how we got to the values that we have right now as a society or a culture, we also need to look at the agendas and the programming that we've been indoctrinated to or um, succumbed to over the past century. And we can look at century to century to see what the population or the majority's priorities or trends or values have become. That's fair. So I guess then the question is this, Jojo, do you believe that one can ever fully be their full essence over a Zoom meeting? Mm. I like to believe that I am here now with you in this moment. And when we are 100% present and being the word on my mouth, blink of our eyes in this millisecond that that is the only time and place that I can be in the heart center and in this moment now which is the only time life is happening so this is the only shot I actually have at conveying as close as a true essence of Jojo that you're going to get right now Oh, wow. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think that I mean, was there a period where you weren't like that at all where you where you would show up differently? I mean, what what do you think showing oh, up like gosh. this? Yeah, how is this Absolutely. made a difference? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, what is the story here? Where do we start? Where's the drum roll? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm so, ready. So so this this presence of being this intent of being and living now where life is actually happening the constant intention of holding that probably didn't fully integrate until about a year ago oh that's so interesting. up until a year ago I was still into personal development I, I've always been a seeker and a student and um, self-reflection and personal development. I've did, done numerous modalities of therapy from 12-step doctrine, you know, um, program. That's a healthier program, though. There's a lot of programs, right? Right, right. Um, I've, I've spent years in Dr. Dispenza's meditations and um, live trainings with Tony Robbins and school, uh, undergrad, uh, master's. So I've always wanted to continue to be my best, whatever that looked like in that chapter of Jojo's life. And about a year ago is what I call an awakening. The awakening wasn't being aware of um, ET technology under the Buchegi Mountains that Peter Moon writes about. Right. That was several years ago. 
it wasn't understanding that my mother practiced Santeria and performed powerful magic when I was a child, because I knew that. The awakening wasn't when I had encounters with um, beings from other realms. The awakening happened when I was told that we are one consciousness. When I was introduced to non-duality and A Course in Miracles and reminded because we have amnesia in a way when we are born reminded that the god that i had been praying to was not outside of myself this whole lifetime that i wasn't separate that i wasn't really being judged it's like i was told God that is within me is like a parent looking at a two-year-old. If the two-year-old spills milk, you know, most parents are going to be like, oh, it's okay. No big deal, right? Whether we spill milk or do something we think is shameful or we're guilty of, it's like that God it looks at it all the same. There is no judgment. There is no shame. There's no guilt. It's, it, there's no value on sin or failure. And all these words that had been kind of running in the mm. background of my life, all of a sudden was gone. Like when a hypnotist snaps and it's gone. Yeah. So who are you without the concern of being bad or evil or sinful or um, judged. And all of a sudden I wasn't concerned with what anybody thought because I knew I was infinitely whole no matter what. And that was the awakening that allowed me to express myself in my fullest expression communicate with people in the now and be present and have way deeper connections because if we are in our God self, there's no attachment. Everything is what it is. There's no labels, good and bad. Hmm. And, and we love from, we lead from the heart center. We are love at our essence. So there's more of a pure presence where we're not attached, all these big things and crises and, and dramas that are playing out, we're actually responsible for how we are participating in any of that. So you're starting to conserve a lot of energy now. What do I want or don't want to engage in? Now you're playing with the energy that's affecting your life. Wow, I feel really good when I don't participate in gossip or watch the news. Okay, let me take note of this. Right. I feel really bad when I scream at my kids. Let me take note of that. Okay. So right, now I'm right. trying to see, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Hawkins' map of consciousness. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, one of my beloved teachers. 
Now we're starting to see in real time how depending on what level of consciousness, what emotion we're feeling in our body, now it's reflecting in our reality. Did you ever meet David? Did you ever meet Dr. Hawkins? No, but I I've probably read more of his content. Yeah. No, I probably read more of Peter's, but (laughs) but on a on a real learning, changing energy, understanding awareness level, Dr. Hawkins does it for me. Okay, we're we're definitely going to return to talking about Peter Moon because I want to get into that. That's, I know, yeah, yeah. Of that's course. very interesting to me. Very interesting to me. But right, um, so I offer that map of consciousness with my clients now because it's it's part of what I have to offer, and it's really paramount that that is part of my therapy because we have to understand that we are completely in control of switching frequencies whenever we want. I'll have my clients call in anger. Think of something you're really angry about. Where do you hold that in your body or at your stomach? So that's your root. That's your solar plexus. Okay, let it go. Now call in joy. Think of a joyful memory, a joyful, you know, song. Oh, all of a sudden they're in joy. Mm. Look how quick you did that. And they smile and now they're expanded and they're lit up. This is the ability we have in every moment. Do you think there's a difference between, uh, let me kind of get into talk shop with you a little bit, um, in terms of the difference between doing that from this elevated level of awareness versus, and and you know this from Tony Robbins, um, I mean, that's one of the first thing he teaches is what they teach in NLP. I am a big student of classical neurolinguistic programming and they'll say well if you think of something sad uh, all you need to do is press your fingers together to that time you associated the positive memory and then it cancels it out like what is the difference between maybe doing an anchor or or a changing state like like neutralizing a state versus what you're saying which is moving up and down the scales of consciousness Hmm. And that's a good point because there is no cookie cutter way to ascend frequencies. And I always tell my clients, you get familiar with these frequencies when you're in them, because then you are an antenna, you're a channel, and you are going to be able to know what are your interventions? What do I have to do to hop up the scale? It might be take a warm shower. It might be go for a walk. It might be tapping. It might be music, it might be writing, eventually you're going to get to a moment where you can literally tune your channel and embody that frequency that you want. This is intent, this is commitment, and this is practice, though, over time. Yeah. It does make me wonder. I mean, it is... um... Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into nuance of this because I, I think there are some nuance. Uh, there are some distinctions between Hawkins and, and spiritually moving yourself from pain to ecstasy versus like a traditional state-based mind therapy, which is often about right. classical reconditioning. Now, I mean, um, there there is... Uh, 
there's worlds of thought where you could create new states of being in your mind. But there's something that makes me go, Jojo either had ayahuasca for the first time last year or <laughs> really just kept meditating and then opened up one day. Like what? Because this is where you're talking about. And I've heard of this progression before from people that are really focused on like the mind therapies, hypnotherapy, NLP, this kind of stuff. EFT. Oh, I had anxiety. I had um, postpartum anxiety still up until a year ago. Wow. Um, it, were it you was trying very... to... Oh, sorry. I was going to ask, are you applying the techniques that you were working on on yourself to no avail? I, I like... have, yeah, I had started to incorporate um, Dr. Dispenza's meditation. And I had started to see a little alleviation. Also, a book that was really significant at that time prior to last year, probably three years ago, was The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Oh, I've recently heard about that book. Someone told me there. Yeah, I was it's, watching a video where it was recommended. It's very, yes, it, it, I recommend it highly. And and that's kind of for someone who needs to identify why we're having these looping patterns and thoughts and maybe hasn't gotten to RTT yet to figure that out in 90 minutes and likes to read. Right. 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 So... I, I had started to play with energy in real time with Dispenza. And then I was introduced to non-duality and A Course in Miracles. And what happened physically and energetically for me was a spontaneous kundalini rising. So my body was actually vibrating on and off for a good year. Wow. And I had no idea what was happening for the first four or five months, I would get hot, I would have these rushes of energy and need, I knew intuitively my body needed to discharge energy. I bought a Peloton, I was doing 60 minute workouts on the bike on the Peloton every day. Yeah. Um, I was introduced to Kirtan, which is a form of spiritual dance with chanting, um, Hindu, beautiful music, bhakti. And that really resonated with me because I always loved to dance. I was a ballerina as a child. And then I started to kind of be able to put the, put the kundalini energy into function and form through, through the dance and temper it and visualize and start to manifest and use that energy to create. And every year I pick a word for the year instead of a resolution, I pick yeah. a word. Oh, and I've done this for many years. And so January of 2021, I picked create. And this it's always a word that's challenging because for myself, I always compared or thought people who create are painters and musicians and maybe even cooks and all these things that I couldn't do and, or so. And um, I said, it was meditating and I, I get, Oh my gosh, I create solutions, ideas, relationships, 
collaborations, I'm like, I am definitely a creator and I'm gonna embody that word for 2021. And my gosh, did that energy come in handy because I created a whole lot in 2021. I, I did Silva Ultramind training and was certified for that. I did my RTT school and became licensed in that. I created Ascension Together, which is my private practice now. I created a finalist uh, title for Isogenics for their Isobody Health and Wellness wow. uh, competition. Like all these things that I kind of was just like, yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that. It was just like, I was kind of manifesting and having fun with it, but isn't that the secret sauce of manifesting is not being attached to expectations. Yes. This is, this is where we get hung up is we're like, I really want to do this. This is how it has to look. This is who has to be involved. And we micromanage and control the whole thing. And Dr. Hawkins explains that's force, Hmm. right? Power versus force, flow versus resistance to what is. And I just started to live in this kind of flow frequency without attachment. But that would be cool to do that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do that. And I did it. And then I did it. (laughs) I did it. And then you kind of just, you become familiar with this frequency of doing things and and the elastic is stretching and stretching and stretching and it's like like a muscle you know when you go to the gym it's oh I'm gonna have a a six-pack and then you wake up the next morning after one day at the gym and there's no six so this is every day you go and you go and then in six months you're like damn I nailed it yeah, this is long term commitment, discipline, intent, and um, and the book, and the book, the book was finished by the new year, and then I put it out to people that I trust. Peter took a look at it. Alan Steinfeld took a look at it, and and they kind of got it out there into that realm and did a lot of editing and worked on the cover and you know and finally I wanted to release it around my birthday which was April 27th this is uh, a amazing story from an awakening I mean I, I don't know if <laughs> I, I I'm fascinated by this notion of how you were able to do so much in a year. Um, now, I've heard this before. I've heard coaches. I even one of the coaches that I worked with that encouraged me to start this podcast, Spencer Burnett. He talked about how, um, you know, uh, when when he finally sat down and did the thing that he was waiting to do. I, I, it could have not even been his story. It could have been somebody else. But I think it was him that said, you know, he wanted to hit this goal. And then he just didn't have a productivity system. And then once he did it and he did the essential actions he needed to do in, you know, three months, he'd already hit the goal and thought it was going to take a year, but he did it. So I hear this a lot, but I don't really understand. And perhaps that's my problem. But, you know, it's a it's the thing I'm negotiating with Jojo, the the desire to 
understand, make linear, find step-by-step, look for the building blocks, the structure. And I do think it's important to know those things, but I wonder uh, for someone out there like me, or, or, or doesn't even know that it's possible to do as much as they're able to do that kind of like bounces around between different projects and isn't sure where they want to go. Do you have any guidance to how they can achieve that much? Absolutely. So a very important thing I'll share is I have not watched TV in over a year. Hmm. Okay. We're, we're starting to now allocate our time differently. Hmm. And and I started to not be on social media as much. I said, I have 24 hours a day. What is important to me? What is the creation I'm working on? What is What lights me up in the morning? What makes me passionate right now in this moment? That's what you do. You do your highest passion and you prioritize that. For me, that's what I did. Right. So that takes a lot of discipline because we are also programmed to distraction. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Overwhelm, numbing out, desensitizing ourselves. So I had to be very clear on my why. Why is this important to me? Why was it important for me to get this book out? The book is dedicated to you, not Greg, but Greg, to you, to all, right? To one, to God, God, love letters to God and you. It's reiterating. Yeah. And that was the why, is that I felt this almost the burning, the kundalini, the fire that people need to know that they can be terribly abused as children. They can be exposed to, you know, sexual assault. They can do drugs. They can go to jail for numerous years and they can still transmute that and be alchemists and ascend into their highest self because that's my story. And there's 8 billion people on the planet and everybody has trauma because trauma isn't just having sexual assault. It's being spoken to rudely in second grade. And all of a sudden your confidence and your spirit is crushed a little. Yes. Right. Trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter the content. So this is that happening of the ego. This is what we spoke about 30, 40 minutes ago. What happens when we're in our fullest expression and then little by little, we start to dim our light and um, our chakras become constricted, right? So now our throat chakra can't speak, can't advocate, can't defend. Our heart gets hardened and closed off and we get walls and we put armor on all these, right? Our intuition, our, our divine cord, all that auric energy and 
in life, the prana becomes like smoldered. That light is smoldered when we should all be brilliant flames. That's the essence is a brilliant flame, not Mm. a smolder. Right. So when people read Ascension Diary and the love letters between those dense chapters to you, they're starting to resonate and write to me. Oh my gosh, this is my story. Oh my gosh, we have so much in common. Oh my God, you're, you're literally talking about my life. Yes, because you are me. We are the same. We are the same. There's only so many emotions that can be labeled in the English language or whatever language you take. And we all know that spectrum of emotions and feelings. We've all felt them. The only difference is the individual experiences that are triggering triggering those emotions to happen. But we're all experiencing the same range. No one has this rare, unique emotion that I've never heard of, right? Right. They've just existed for so long, and we just keep engaging in them through different lenses. The screen doesn't change. The content on the screen, right? It's a romance. It's a comedy. It's a drama. That screen has no judgment what's going on. Exactly. This is, yeah. this is us as the infinite observer, which my forgiveness partner, Steve, teaches. We are the infinite observer. We choose what we want to judge or respond to. And Steve is who I mentioned to you before when we were messaging that goes into the virtual reality perspective mm. of how we're all wearing goggles. And if you look at it like a simulation, it starts to look interesting because then you can really practice some non-attachment and you can see, oh, if I steer the wheel this way, this happens. You know, if I open this door, I go here. Oh, have you? You know what? I'm okay. Yeah, I, I know that this is this is the spirit of this show. I uh, my mind has started to go. Uh, oh gosh, I'm going to go off track. But but now I'm in a Do place. Of, I'm a, in, I'm in much more of a place of acceptance of this now, or moving towards a place where I'm like, oh, you know what, audience, I hope you're with me. Um, let's talk about this for a second. I want a practical example. People talk about this all the time, breaking free of the matrix, seeing it's a simulation, playing around with reality. I mean, I've heard of, I don't know if you've heard of rando nodding. I talked about that in a very early episode. Um, it's it's this idea of uh, there was an app and it, and it, based on probability, it gave you a direction to walk in like a literal go this route and experience these things and you have an intention and the idea being that if you set the intention like i want to see owls then you go down this random path and then the simulation is going to you're going to start seeing a lot of owls. absolutely things. this is real life yeah this what... is the way what we focus on we find and what we call in right it's what i call god's love language it's synchronicities yeah, have this you is, um this is for real. 
What's a, what's a recent example from your life, Jojo, where you played with the simulation and I, and you're like, oh yeah, I can I can uh, play with this sure. in this way. So a uh, big number in my life <clears throat> is 27. Hmm. I was born on a 27. My child was born on a 27. I got pregnant at 27. My mom passed on a 27. I got into some significant trouble with the law on a 27. And I'm going to Montauk to meet Peter. And I say, I'm way, on the way, I'm leaving Massachusetts. And I said, let's see that big number 27. The freaking highway to Montauk is Highway <laughs> 27. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And then, and then I pull into my hotel. It's pretty late. I like to drive at night when there's no traffic. And the incredible just shooting stars or comets just burst over the sky. This is, this is the love language that the universe and I communicate in. Everyone has different synchronicities or divine a lot of people have numbers a lot of people have you know um I'll get in my car after mentioning my mom to someone and then all of a sudden that song that connects to my mom will be on in the car wow. it's these things where we're in alignment we're in flow we're we're full steam ahead to our north star this is what all these culminate to what Matthew McConaughey calls green light. Hmm. Yes. Right. That juicy flow frequency, that miracle frequency, magic. Yeah. There are definitely times where I, and I've talked about it before that I, I may not believe that I've, at least I'm not fully consciously aware of all the times that I've been psychic. But even last night, I had a full dream, Jojo, of the opening sequence of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, just it played in my head with all the all the spikes coming out of the ground and the gold and the ball rolling down and Harrison Ford. It was there. And then today at work, someone made a reference and and they said the line at the end, which is, well, we, we don't worry. We have our top men looking into it. And I, I said, top men? I don't know what this reference is. Then I Googled it. Boom, that final scene from Raiders. So I said, there is no – what in the world that is so crazy? I have those things all the time where I'll dream it first, and then it'll pop up later. So I'm going – Oh, what, what exactly is going on there? Is it how can it just be coincidence? Uh, you you will love doing this with Peter because he is so fluent in the dream state and how we time travel and dreams. He's actually working on a little project that maybe you guys will get into on dreams and wow. the manifestation of the dream world in real time. Um, but what you said is basically confirming we're non-local. Hmm. We're non-local beings in a human 3D physical body. In our dream state, in alpha, theta, TM, hypnosis, we have access 
to our non-local myth, our non-linearness. So now we have access to past, future, present. And that's always available to us. We're just not fluent because school doesn't teach us how to develop our gifts. Yeah. School doesn't teach us how to, you know, balance a checkbook appropriately or run a business or empower yourself with your God-given gifts. No, we're learning freaking algebra and geometry, which I failed. Yes, yes. (laughs) I don't use math today. There's any children listening. But the thing is, is I get it. We need these classics. We need the classicals, right? And I, I was very English, less brain driven, amazing reading comprehension, writing. The math was not there, which also meant my right brain, creativity, intuition, divine feminine was also imbalanced hmm. because I had the left brain so succinct. So what choosing creativity create for 2021 also allowed me to do was massage the right hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Call in divine union of sacred masculine and divine feminine and be comfortable and okay with the wholeness, right? With the spiritual oneness of authentically placing that energy where you feel fit, not out of ego. That's interesting. Very, yeah, it's, uh, it's intriguing your journey because to go from saying that i mean it almost feels like your entire existence is non-local in a way in the sense of you know you're a kid you see your mom doing magic as a kid and then you have these uh i don't know extraterrestrial or or just experience with celestial beings and you have the psychic power but then it was really the kundalini awakening that then led to like your creative powers i mean do you yeah. uh, what do you think have you worked through the spiritual logic of it at, at all Right. So the trauma is what kept me in the left brain, which allowed me to intellectualize everything and cut me off to divine gift, divine source, because how could I be divine if all this terrible shit was happening around me and to me? Right. That that was the block. Right. So through my own RTT as well, when Marissa Peard does not play around with her training, you know, we're, we're in mandatory webinars, live classes, practicums, clinicals for months on end, which gave me the opportunity to have many RTT sessions done on myself. Yeah. And I started to go back to the roots, causes and reasons of my anxiety, of um, why I felt like I couldn't express myself in all populations because I was, I was very expressive around my friends and family, but I had also been part of the Christian church for 15 years. And that is where my throat would close off because if I was psychic, I was a witch, right? Mm-hmm. It, 
if I had prophetic dreams, that was the devil. And this is what I believed for a long time. So RTT was also beneficial to me to break those blocks, those lies, the programming that I had been living. See, the subconscious runs on data. It doesn't care if it's harmful or helpful. It just wants the familiar. So whatever tape that data is running, that's what the subconscious is going to compute. It needs, an, it needs a software upgrade. It needs new data to be the new familiar so that neural pathway, a new neural pathway can be built. And we right. can get off of those old neural pathways that don't serve us. And our brain, honestly, is not attached to it in an emotional way. I, you know, I've done a session with someone, given them an audio recording they listened to in 21 days, and they are so elated to be free of that old neural pathway and that old tape, like good riddance, and just step into this new truth, which is their truth, hmm. right? So we, we feel like it's so hard to break free of these old patterns and behaviors, and but it's just me No, we go back and we see and we identify that's not you. You're not three years old. You're not being screamed at by a caregiver today. That's also not you because, and I have them repeat this, repeat it. That's not me. I'm not three. That's right. And that's not you. You're not being left home in front of a TV and rejected anymore. You are a 45 year old woman. You care for yourself. You love yourself. You're brilliant. You're beautiful. People love to be around you. That's the new tape. Yeah. That's the truth. Right. Tell, tell me this, Jojo, then. And, and I really want to see if you can connect the dots for me between the healing and recovery work of Dr. David Hawkins and um, RTT because I, in at some level, and this is what I was going to ask you earlier about, you know, the journey from the mind therapies to, to the spiritual level. Uh, I almost sometimes feel when I'm reading Dr. David Hawkins that you don't even need to go back into the old programming. You could somehow speak to some higher, speak to the highest consciousness and then let go. He's got the whole letting go technique and it'll just clear the way. But but you still seem to find value in the in the regression work and going back. So how do those two things fit together in your mind? Well, it comes down to how fast do you want to do it? Mm. How fast do you want this change of consciousness, this shift, this switch, right? Because the truth is we are mind, body, spirit, okay? So the fastest way I can do that with someone is in 90 minutes, get to the root cause and reason of their presenting issue, shine a, a Batman light on that as bright as possible, remove that and upgrade it for them. Then they can have space to even call in those higher frequencies. Because if there's stuff taking up space, right? 
we need to get rid of some stuff until we let go of the old the new can just sit here and wait to be called in and welcomed yeah. but until we really let it go oh now it can be received now these opportunities and and freedom and peace can be received because there's space for it that we even are willing to receive a different reflection as within so without yeah so fundamental changes need to happen within to get a different reflection that mirror what peter refers to as miss and a beam when the mirrors like a fun house in a carnival the mirrors you're going to see a replication 10, 20, 30, right? This, this is Miss Enabim or the, the ripples on a pond and you see a reflection. This is how reality works. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, in the sense that I, <laughs> I know the, I, I guess I wonder what it takes. Do we all need to, be do we all need a coach do we all need to be monitoring ourselves because i could see how i mean let me put it this way i've heard people talk about with the law of attraction for instance that maybe the reason you're not manifesting is because you have an unconscious block but if i don't have anybody in my life that is pointing out to me that like oh you kind of got to fix that crap from your childhood, I could be purchasing all the courses, reading books, yeah. praying every yeah. year, and just still never get to that place. So I guess, I mean, how does one become aware mm. of what they need to work on in order to get to the place where you're at? I like to share a philosophy that I call divine design. Divine design incorporates a high amount of trust. Some people call it faith, right? This also requires non-attachment because as an actor, you're on stage. All you got to worry about is showing up 100%. You in your role, your lines. You're not worried about lighting or design or what's going on backstage, right? Because that's other people's jobs. You're 100% confident they're going to do their job. So you can go out there and go in 100% on what you're there to do. You don't even need to look behind you. You're straight out of the audience. This is divine design behind the curtain. And we get really nervous that lighting, costume, design isn't going to do their job. So we keep interjecting, right? We don't trust. We don't have faith. Yeah. So one of the biggest things I work on with people is trust your divine design. It is there. It is for you, for your highest and best. You show up. You do what lights you up. You live in your passion. And you will be given the universe will bring to you what you need to do if there's work to do. Literally, my again, my forgiveness partner, Steve, that 
we he's like the education component of ascension together when he had his awakening 15 years ago part of that story is he was sitting in front of a bookcase and literally disappearance of the universe fell on his head and that book introduced him to a course in miracles Hmm. and completely changed his life so if you trust everything will be brought to you you are the vortex right dispensa you are the magnet now we're quantum timeline jumping we're not chasing we're allowing everything we need to be brought to us yeah Whoa, this is pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, I no, no, no. I, I, I really like that divine design. Uh, a very interesting philosophy. Um, okay, Jojo, I gotta ask you, Peter Moon. Now, look, I, I, <laughs> I interviewed Peter on the show. Why? Uh, maybe about a year and a half ago. Um, and I and I went all in with Montauk. I mean, I just wanted to know about Montauk, about time travel, and interestingly enough, most of it was about L. Ron Hubbard at the end of the day. Okay. Um, actually, we jumped we jumped all around the, the discussion, but sure. we talked about L. Ron Hubbard. Um, I'm curious. I mean, uh, we're. I normally think of Peter Moon as the time travel guy. I know he's a very spiritual guy. I know that a lot of time travel uh, stuff ultimately connects to consciousness, extraterrestrial stuff. Um, how did you find your way into to studying uh, his works? Sure. A friend of mine, Patrick Balsley, gifted me with Transylvanian Sunrise, which is his work in Romania. Yeah. And... That is the series that started to, uh, gave me permission to speak about my contact, other dimensional, multidimensional, and it started to confirm things like I knew, like I would read and be like, yes, I know that. I know, like I'd have these knowings. And these knowings were, were apparent in other areas of my life. Like I, I um, would predict death. And I'm like, what is the use of that? Like, what a curse. I guess this, this is more <laughs> yeah. gift, right? Like, I don't want this. I don't want this, this uh, burden. And through the Transylvania series, I started to have these other knowings that, of course, this is, this is the way. Of course, we've had divine help with our evolution um, in our DNA helping us ascend and expedite technology and expedite our dimension right from these dense caveman to some will say we're in between three and 5d right now and our light bodies are coming back on. So multidimensional assistance throughout eons. And I used his darkroom practice out of the white bat, the alchemy of writing. Um, just this past year, I did it for eight weeks straight. And it was 
completely life-changing for my fear of the dark um, that I had had with me my whole life because I would sense entities and not, not the best intended entities. And now I am completely free in the dark. I have no concern. I can be in the forest near my home in the dark. And um, that burden has been lifted from me. But um, synchronicities in the seventh seal is very helpful and enlightening. And um, Peter's always working on new stuff. We're going to Romania in August. And um, that'll be an adventure, right? What we like, he, he's of the same mindset where we like to just see things unfold. What are we called to? We'll have a loose agenda, yeah. right? We're, we're going to go to these places, but it's really, what is the universe going to gift us with on this trip? That is really what the adventure is about. That is Without expectations. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you could, you could, interview peter once a year every six months and he'll always have new content new developments because he's an adventurer that's he's a researcher he's a scientist he's an explorer that's just what he does yeah well what i find interesting is uh connecting how you connect advanced technology and and perhaps one might even say mind control government conspiracy um yeah. with like these magical practices i mean do you do you see the connection i i see it from a confirmation standpoint where see i was in the food transparency movement for a while while i was in college um all my papers were on gmos or chemicals and how vulnerable populations are targeted yeah. with these terrible DNA, you know, ruining, altering foods through pesticides and how certain populations get sick more than others and so on and so on. And why is that allowed here? Because in Europe, there's, you know, 4,000 something chemicals Kellogg's has to change their complete temp ingredient template. They have completely different boxes and ingredient lists for the same cereal that's distributed in America. It is not the same ingredient oh list in Europe. And this is the same with shampoo, conditioner. So then I'm looking at what the hell is going on in this country? Right. Oh, we have one in 30 you know, one in 30 boys will have autism now. Why is food coloring allowed? Why is um, red dye and blue and yellow and all these that are connected to ADHD and other things? Why are these allowed in this country? Mm -hmm. Right? Because DDT was safe at one time and Agent Orange was safe at one time and smoking was say doctors were on commercials. Why is anything taken? Like, why is the professional advice of this country right. still allowed to be absorbed as doctrine? 
you have a duty to question everything any politician or doctor ever says in this country ever again because there's a consistent track record decade after decade after decade of human sacrifice Hmm. wow now i know you mentioned that you were um you know a victim of sexual abuse i know you talk about it in the book um is is that related at all to some bigger uh you know like like are we, are we talking like illuminati basements epstein mm. island kind of stuff or are we talking about something no. a little more local okay okay just want to make sure cause... it's local it's yeah it, it's local to um different layers of abuse so i was allowed to walk amongst a very exploitive home where there were prostitutes in the home working or I would wake up in a bed and the bed would be occupied. I would come home and like, instead of the Disney channel, it would be Playboy or the Spice channel. So I grew up in a very exploitive home in that sense. Yeah. Um, And different questionable things that interactions my mother and I had but then at 12 there was an actual out of the home um, experience where I um, had my first drink of alcohol I blacked out and I woke up several hours later in children's emergency room in Boston Children's Hospital and I um, was bleeding from my my head my neck below the waist and in the book, I go into a lot more detail about what yeah. had happened to my body. And, um, you know, that was more of a, an outward, random sexual assault. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now, look, here's my question for you, because, you know, this is this is this is where I think I wonder what the current thought on this is, because it's it's this is a kind of a hot water topic, which is this notion of working with somebody who's been through such a traumatic circumstance. There was there is footage that was pulled up um, from years ago, actually from uh, someone you trained with um, that was going on about, you know, Oh, you're a rape victim. You got to get over it. You got like that kind of like uh, it's the extreme of like wiping out a victim consciousness. Mm. And I've heard people who have had more of a I don't know if it's a softer approach, but but they do come at it from a more spiritual perspective of like dropping the victim. Um, You know, in, in your perspective, I mean, working with people who've been through severe trauma or even for yourself. Uh, what what kind of healing does a person like that need um, so, so it doesn't yeah. get muddy? So I think there's a chronological journey for that healing because in the beginning, I definitely needed classical PTSD um, coming to terms with what happened accepting that, that I um, was a victim and that it wasn't my fault. 
and that I was still a good person and that I didn't need shame attached to it. And that no matter if I drank or didn't, I didn't request my body to be mutilated and, and beaten. Right. So that's very fundamental, basic trauma work all the way to in my soul contract, I required to experience something in this lifetime as an initiation to get me somewhere on my ascension journey. And someone was going to fulfill that role. It was going to be some faces and some names. And those people who were involved were just the faces and names that had agreed to participate in that for my ascension. So that's where we're at now. And there's a lot in between. There's breath work. I could not mentally, emotionally, physically enjoy sex most of my adult life, understandably. Mm-hmm. There was no emotional attachment there. It was um it, it wasn't what someone who hadn't been sexually traumatized would feel it to be, right? So I did immense breath work in the body to release all the residual energy that talk therapy didn't do. Mind, body, spirit. So I did loads of talk therapy. Okay, now we have this residual stuff in the body that we need to move out. And in one of my last breath work, and we would go deep for an hour and a half, two hours of breathing into this breathing, breathing. It was kind of wild because my whole pelvis and hips and legs literally shot open like I had finally gone into my full expression of being okay with my body and my sexuality again. And then with the Kundalini rising and the vibration, it was kind of just like um, a verification of wholeness and that, that you are, we are perfect beings, you know, sexually, emotionally, physically, energetically, there is nothing disaligned. We are divine design. We are nature in nature. Hmm. So trauma healing, there's a lot in between from what we need to hear that, okay, we were victimized. We were a victim to then being at a place where, okay, I don't want to carry this label or way of victim. It's not serving me anymore. I need to forgive that. I need to forgive any misunderstanding that that didn't need to happen in my life. Because if divine design is amazing when things are good, divine design is also amazing in every other experience we will encounter, shadow, light. It is all divine design, which makes us all good too, shadow and light. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and does it even matter, you know, what the, what the abuser is at that point? I mean, I've heard different perspectives on this that, oh no, that, that was just an experience for me. Therefore, like it was, like you said, it, it helped my ascension, but 
sometimes I'm going like, well, what is, what what is the what what is the universe trying to express through this psychopath? Where is there, right. where is the redemption <laughs> for this person? Like, what how does that fit into this? I don't question people's karma. I don't question my own karma. You know, it's it's very interesting when you get into that. What I do try to practice is living in Kriya versus karma. Hmm. And Kriya, Kriya is the do no harm, live in your truth, lead with love and forgiveness, non-judgment, right? If I, if, if I find anything wrong with a person, place, or thing, that's signaling to me that there is a place in me that needs healing. That's, that's a call for healing. If you're triggering me, what is it about Greg? Thank you for that, because now I can look in and it's an opportunity to forgive and heal another piece of me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of an interesting. That's an amazing place to to get to, and um, it's a place that well, you can certainly read more about in in Ascension Diary, Love Letters to God and You, uh, which is available on Amazon. I mean, we'll link to it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, is it? Uh, th do you feel like this is a book that you, you mentioned? People have been saying, "Oh my gosh, it's it's me." It's it's um you, do, did you have any direct intention beyond just getting out what was inside of you i mean are you is this book going to light people up spiritually like what do you what do you hope people take away from it i hope people finish the book and love themselves more and even better if they recognize themselves as love and recognize every other person they look at as love and see themselves, see the Christ self looking back at them in every face they look at, including their own in the mirror. Wow. That, that's that beautiful. Good? Yeah, I love that. That's good hope. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You're doing this work too. I mean, at Ascension Together dot org uh obviously i mean people if they want to get a session with you and clear stuff in 90 minutes um they can they can book an introductory call with you but also um you're you're doing all kinds of work i mean we, we didn't even really get into the the depth of uh the energy healing uh, oh my gosh john stetson on this website john stetson and we have our first That's retreat cool. the end of july in person we're so excited to be in person with people so that's yeah. the last weekend of july a lot of events here uh with with people whose names i recognize that i'm surprised to see even um yeah i mean people have been on the show alan steinfeld i mean peter moon here here's my question for you with this ascension together are you one that believes the thing you haven't said in this interview which i'm kind of happy about in a way because it feels different is um there's this global calling right now. A lot of people, here's the thing, Jojo. I mean, look, you can go back to the 70s and, and go into a new age bookstore and they'll talk about the age of Aquarius and how now's the time. And it's like, okay, each decade, now's the time of awakening. Now's the time of awakening. Mm -hmm. So I'm always going, what? Uh, well, when is it really? Um, but what I would say 
to that is that recently a lot of my friends in the community have been like whoa things are moving quicker than ever do you feel that the solar flares and they're talking it up again i don't know i i wasn't alive before to experience earlier examples of this Same. but um when you say ascension together i mean do you is there a timetable do you think we're we're about to have a timeline split that the year 2030 is the deciding factor that we destroy ourselves or we all live in peace and harmony like what is your sense of ascension in the context of 2022 I would say because time and, and reality is truly only existing in the now, that it's always now. We're, we're embodying it in different ways, but it's already happened. We're just looking at this snapshot of the now. And Ascension has looked very different to many different generations and centuries. The Renaissance could have said, we are definitely mother effing ascending right now, right? If there was a time to ascend, look at the Renaissance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we are always ascending. We've always been ascending. As a collective, we get to experience this in the now, in this lifetime, in this way, right? It's a gift to be here in 2022 because in the 1950s there wasn't as many revelations we're given information when it's divine designed to be aware of things but I have no question that we will be interfacing on um, a more acceptable level with multi-dimensional beings in my lifetime because as we move back into the light body and to higher frequencies, our, our optics will change to receive and recognize them. There's always angelic realm, spirits, ETs, whatever you want to label the multidimensional beings you connect with, they've always been there, portals, realms, fairies our optics are at a certain density and frequency so we're not seeing them but mm -hmm. there are people who see aura they see spirit they hear it so some of us are tuning into a frequency that allows us to integrate and interface with more of what is here as we raise our levels of consciousness Hold frequencies of peace and love and joy and pure intent for all, we're going to start to change the realm and, and what we're able to see because now we are, we are owning our light body more. We're owning our multidimensional beingness and, and being instead of doing having wanting desiring you know that that ego that density will only let you see so much hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah now i'm like what happens if i put on the jojo glasses 
you see these things <laughs> like what, what what would i say what are you seeing right now are you seeing orbs around me do you see any beings like what what is going on do you see my aura i just see i see your christmas interesting i see you as love wow wow i appreciate i that. see you as a as an innocent you know joyful excited precious child who can do anything and and create anything you want and interact in any way you want because you are freedom. And is that because you see yourself that way too? Yeah. But this is how we are. Yeah. This is how we truly are. The soul. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's what I love. I do love about that about your spirit, Jojo. I mean, anybody that goes to ascensiontogether.com and and follows your Instagram and in, in general, I mean, look, it's a, a lot of times people talk about being in a bleak place, but but I definitely get the sense of fun from what you do, the playfulness of healing. Um, the we play... have to play. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And even though your book looks like it's, uh, you know, going to get into some uh some heavy stuff at points um mm -hmm. you know i i understand that that's part of the journey too it also you know you have to up and down in order to experience um so if you're ready for an alchemical journey uh again everybody check it out we'll link it in the show notes ascension diary love letters to god and you uh ascension together.com to check out all things Jojo Michael Lazik. Um good job. Ascensiontogether.org. Thank you. Oh, .org. Ascension Together. Yeah, what happens if you go to .com? <laughs> I don't know actually. I've I've never done that. Okay. Well, I, I I'm scared to find out what we're going to go to the like You know, it's probably some some website you could buy or something. Yeah, I know. I'm like, am I about to hook up to like Elon's Neuralink by clicking on this? Oh no! Wait, okay, good. We're not. We're good. We're good. Some advertising. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. We are good. Yes. AscensionTogether.org. Jojo, thank you so much for this conversation. I very much appreciated it. This was it's an experiential. Yes, it was experiential healing. I, I felt it. I, I felt the energy Thank transfer. And so I, uh, I, I very much appreciate the dialogue, and I'm excited for uh, what you create next. Thank you, dear. You too. Awesome. Jojo Michael Lazik. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And thanks so much for forcing me to be afraid to mispronounce your name for a long, long time. Hey, no, I really enjoyed JoJo. Such, uh, like I said, great energy. And it even turns out we go to the same ice cream place at Cape Cod. Shout out to the Polar Cave. Love that joint. All right. I want to thank Rodney McGilvery for the theme music. I want to thank Zero Boy for the pre-theme music. And I want to thank you for listening. Seriously, this wouldn't be a show without listeners, so I thank you. Take care.